wonder your lyricism is so, uh, is so organically inspired. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> Let us do it. Hello and welcome to Intentional Stuttering with Mike Bonikowski. Today we come to you from the heart of the polar vortex in Melanchthon Township, Ontario, <laughs> with a very special guest, the poet, editor of Love is Moving magazine, editor and founder of Ecstasis magazine, and one of my favorite people, Connor Sweetman. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me. Connor, you do so very many amazing things that I don't quite know how to describe you. I'm trying to fit you into a box <laughs> and you just won't get in. Uh, would you like to tell our wow. listeners about yourself? Yeah, um, I think it's kind of hard to fit me into a box because... I don't even know myself what direction I'm going in, so I'm I'm always doing a bunch of different things all at one time. I'm trying to trying to minimize that right now. But anyways, so um, as you said a few years ago, I uh, founded Exasis Magazine, um, and that was kind of birthed out of my time at Tyndale University, where I fell in love with literature and started really kind of rediscovering what my faith meant to me personally. Um, and then out of that ecstasis uh, came a lot of different things that included editing uh, as a professional editing service for fellow students and professors. Um, and then I've been a research assistant in a variety of places, got into publishing through ecstasis. I didn't even realize like what publishing was when I started it, but I, I just kind of did it and, uh, without any knowledge, I was super naive, but through kind of blundering through it, I've gotten some actual publishing experience uh, through an internship at CBC and uh, as the senior editor of Love is Moving magazine, which is for the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. That one taught me really how to, um, how to run a magazine well and properly. And then now, just recently, uh, I start a new job as a communications coordinator at a healthcare company wow. uh, in two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that I caught you before that begins. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it doesn't sound like you're going to have a whole lot of time. But that is yeah. incredible. And I also, I love, I have to say, I love the dichotomy of the EFC and the CBC. And I'd like to talk a more <laughs> it about It is that. quite the dichotomy, I yeah. I love it. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm an avid CBC listener and have been since childhood, and I was very, very excited to see you on the website. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you. And I should say that um, most of my publishing that I've been published in have been because of you. Uh, most of my books that have been published <laughs> have been published in I Love It. Lo love is uh, moving, and then uh, I've been in ecstasis a couple of times which i now know how to pronounce thanks to this interview i'm super <laughs> embarrassed oh yeah i know I it no no worries intro. honestly every single person like nine times out of ten people call it ecstasis which is fine i just feel like ecstasis kind of runs off the tongue a little bit nicer but it does who knows and ecstasis is a beautiful mag magazine and we will link it and love is moving in the show notes but um i have to say the first time that i actually saw a uh, copy um i was blown away by the production value just <laughs> awesome. everything about it um thank you i have you here today as a poet 
So let's start mm -hmm. with one of your poems. Would you choose one to read to us, please? Yes, I will. I'll start with uh, one of the earliest ones that I'm most proud of. Well, earliest ones that I'm kind of proud of. Um, so this is called These Current Histories. Um, and it's kind of a part of a bigger collection, but I will just hop right in. Peace on earth and mercy that is mild does not yet accord with the ripped country wild. The darkness of a day casts upon hearts that hope. They long for a light cast through kingdom scope. White noise blur and thunder crash within. The soul's sickness seeps weakly into the body of sin. Peace lies bedridden inside the inn of the soul, waiting to be woken by a small voice's extol. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love the brevity of your poems. I have, I have, I have to say, I tend to be a rambler, and I love how tight yours are. <laughs> um. mm. Yeah, well, that's it's kind of funny because um, that's kind of the only way that I can write. Like, I'm a very uh, like in all kind of forms of art. I I like that really punchy kind of expression of an immediate feeling that. Um, slaps me in the face a little bit and I and then I, I can express that but I when I try to write longer things and try to draw it out it like does not work so I literally like I've tried to break my mold but I think in four four line chunks yeah. and usually I can only bust out two or three of them at a time <laughs> quatrains well they're it's an extremely effect, 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 effective form um, thank you Will you read those future glories for us? Because I feel like that that goes with, does it? Very true. Which yes, it does. It, it was actually originally all one poem, and then I kind of broke it up. So, um, yeah, those future glories. Round chaos flung a kingdom with calm and vibrant sun, where echoed melodies of gladness are exalted and infinitely sung. Dark blue royalty was ascribed with the gold bestowed upon us, the infinite word soft described, and creation's groaning eternal hushed. Mm. So you write like a lot of different, in a lot of different med med mediums. Like I've read essays by, by, mm -hmm. by, by you. You do a lot of technical writing, like you're an editor. Um, what drives you, what forces you to turn to poetry, you poor soul? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not... That's a good question. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, most of my, <laughs> to be honest, most of my poems are written, honestly, usually on a bus late at night. <laughs> I was going to say, usually. I was reading through these and I said to myself, these sound like bus poems. Um, I used to write a lot of bus <laughs> yeah. poems when I lived in the, in the, uh, in the city and they have a certain, they have a certain smell to them. Perhaps a bus. That smell. is so funny. Um, yeah, no, that's actually very interesting that you say that. Um, yeah, like I usually, so poetry is, I don't honestly write that much of it. And whenever I go back and read some of my stuff, I'm like, dang, I should probably write more because I actually... Like, I surprise myself when I read my own poetry because I'm not saying it's super good, but I just, it is super good. like, I write it, <laughs> thank you, I write it in a very distinct 
vibe and feeling and kind of mode of thought and when I'm writing it it doesn't feel like anything special like it just kind of feels like a boring portrayal of what I'm thinking but then when I go back and I'm like wow I actually caught my own vibe my own like mentality extremely well and when I sorry I'm not trying to break but when I read back on it I feel exactly what I felt in that moment and so I'm so yeah like honestly I'm not I'm not really a well actually back when I first started writing it uh probably like first few years in the university it would usually be negative emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> like it would it would kind of be an overflow of a negative emotional state yeah. and then and then when I met Hannah my now fiance I had like a few months where I wrote a ton of overly hyper positive emotional state um and that was kind of the limit of when I wrote but then when I started like doing a master's and actually studying poetry more seriously I was like you know what I'm gonna actually start trying to capture moments that don't necessarily they wouldn't have necessarily stood out to me before but I'm going to try to like actually memorialize these fleeting moments even when they're not super emotionally charged yeah that uh I find that to be a real a real challenge because the um emotional ones just sort of come right like and it's yeah it's cathartic but often I find they're not the most interesting to read after the fact like <laughs> it's writing yeah yeah it's the, it's the ones that actually describe places and things that happened as opposed to how one was feeling yeah um same with journaling i go through my old my old journals and it's just like what's feeling bad what's feeling bad what's feeling bad and then it'll be like i actually talk about something that actually happened and i'm like this is this right. is what we need to be writing about <laughs> this is interesting exactly because otherwise you can even it can even slant like your own view of yourself if you're just reading back at old like emotions usually if they're negative it's like dang was I actually like that kind of sad or consistently upset and I I'm personally not a very sad person but then when I read some of my old poetry I'm like oh why am I only using this kind of expression when it's for negative yeah and so that was actually kind of a lot of the desire for ecstasis to especially the later issues to start using that love of art for like positive and celebratory purposes rather than just always kind of introspective dark ruminations <laughs> which is i think that is something that you really need to be in, in, in intentional about i know that i've that i find find, find that because uh yeah like for sure it takes a lot more effort but i think there's a lot a lot a lot more payoff um yeah i agree yeah um could you read um walking through fairview yeah (laughs) this is a funny one (laughs) this is super if if most of my poetry is written in a very specific form this is one of those times where i really put a lot of effort into breaking the form so walking through fairview I'm in a mall of milk and honey and Hallmark shoes and soles. You had three venti green matcha macchiatos spilling out of your palms. She had a Tupperware bowl of dripping orange slices waiting for her baby's fingers. He averted his eyes from the three explicit advertisements. We waited in a long line for diamonds and dinner. I had a word with God hanging from my teeth. He has the only two ears that hear me. 
I love that 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 uh, last last line. I just love that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And that yeah. uh, that is a it was, very uh, provocative poem. Thank you. Yeah, it's um that was when I first started not first started, but I was trying to write not only in my musically induced reverie on the bus home, mm -hmm. I was I was actually trying to like observe just uh yeah, the the experience of walking through a mall and just recognizing how um how kind of I know this sounds dumb, but like secularized and capitalized everything in but I just it was a very materialistic I was just whammed in the face with the materialism of my daily experience. Um, and each of those lines kind of depict a different moment of materialism. Um, and then kind of, I wanted to express that I was still a spiritual being in the midst of all that in the last line. Wow. Um, I wanted to ask you more about ecstasis, um, and you started you started there before I stopped you, and I should have just let you keep on going because you were actually <laughs> saying exactly what I wanted. I wanted to know um, <laughs> what is the mo of ecstasis? Um, mm -hmm. What is its mission statement? Yeah. Um. So the thing about my journey with ecstasis is that it started as a very uh, immature and ego-driven thing. Um, I originally just kind of, I didn't know anything about magazines, didn't know anything about, didn't know much about editing or writing articles. I just kind of wanted to see myself as the founder of a magazine. And so, and honestly, yeah, I was pretty, um, pretty full of myself when I first started. And so it, I kind of had the, I had the mission as, uh, secondary to the actual just thought that I could do this. Um, so it started out with wanting to bridge um, uh, kind of the, the tagline, art meets academia, kingdom meets earth. I wanted to bring my all my different loves together, my love of um, music, my love of art, my love of um, philosophy, and then filter that all through um, my faith. Uh, but when it started, it was a little rocky. I, I, I was wrong in my priorities. Like, I didn't really have my priorities straight. Um, and so it kind of had a weird first and second issue. And then with my third issue, I was actually learning what it means to build a magazine. I was learning what really solid, good writing looked like. Um, and I was, I was honestly really coming to grips with my faith a lot more and just recognizing um, that art isn't going to save your soul. It's God that is, is Jesus Christ that saves our soul and art is secondary to that. So the third issue really did take a different tone where I wanted to celebrate um, deep spiritual realities um, uh, through through beautiful art. But that was, it was different because I it was my first priority uh, instead of like the third one. Originally, I just kind of wanted to interview musicians that I really liked and stuff um, and just have phone conversations with them and know that I had their number in my phone, which was just so fun. Yeah. But then eventually I realized, okay, this is actually like, I, I, I can do something here that is not often done. Um, as in a lot of Christian publications are... Uh, okay, so there, I, I see it as being like two realms, either... They are um, 
all in the name of honesty, quote unquote, and want to kind of show the dark side of life and the dark side of faith and doubt and everything, which are all very real and very valuable in certain uh, respects. But I was finding that a lot of uh, Christian art that wanted to embrace honesty and go away from cliche and propaganda uh, actually really specifically focused on on how broken everything is and how broken uh, we are and the world is. But we rarely get like honest portrayals of like the actual deep beauty and celebration and renewal and redemption um, of our faith. And so I'm not negating those kind of honest Christian artists, um, but I also recognize I want to bring some of the like optimism and joy and redemption uh, and renewal that is inherent in our faith and not just say like, yeah, things are crap and we're just waiting for God, which they are to a certain extent, but like we are still called to have the, bring the kingdom of God here to this, uh, here to earth now. Um, and that kind of goes along with the second half of the motto, uh, kingdom meets earth. So I wanted to use art and academia and literature and poetry and all that stuff to show how to, to basically like, metaphysically see if I could make the world a little bit more like the kingdom. So that's a big mission, but it's, it's coming a long way since the first issue for sure. That is amazing. And I have to say that I have seen that, that same thing. Like I, um, all of my favorite artists are these sort of post CCM artists and they, there's such yeah. a backlash, right? Like there's this huge, oh, yeah. which has been going exactly. on like, 15 or 20 years now it's nothing new yeah but um i've had that same thing where these these artists who are who are the artists that i love and that i really really respect but they they go further and further into the darkness and i get that because that is also my natural bent i find yeah but i do Mm -hmm. I think that you are right. Like, I think that you have to make an intentional choice because there is no bottom to that. Like, there is... Uh-huh. Exactly. And at some point, you have to... You have to choose to look somewhere else. And I don't think... Yeah. I, I think that, that you can do both, but I think it's hard. And um, that's yeah, something totally. that I've really been struggling with with my own writing um, because... I have such an aversion to the to the forced positivity um, that was the rule yeah. of the day for a long time, but I think for sure I think it's equally dishonest to only be looking at the darkness in your own self. And um, yeah, and I really um, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I've been uh, I've had uh, a lot of conversations with myself um on that exact same topic um yeah and i think well even sorry no 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 you go i was just gonna say that um you're having these conversations with yourself and i think that uh you actually really i don't know you do it very well like you you find that balance and i know you as an artist you never feel like you've you are doing enough but even just your latest article for exasis it, it makes me tear up every time i read it because um because it is just so honest about like your own feelings that i i won't i won't give too much away but you want to 
like you don't want to try to shelter your daughter from uh, kind of the influences of the world or or anything like that. But then you realize that the darkness in the Bible, even um, it, instead of shying away from it, it's actually doing something really uniquely beautiful and redemptive in her young life that you did not expect. So it's like it's not being fake about um, about your own struggles or about darkness, but it's showing like the actual power of God even through that and the redemption through it rather than just focusing on yeah we're all like messed up but it that the depictions of that in the Bible are actually doing a strange but beautiful work in your daughter so I find that actually really really good way of approaching it yeah um I love that and uh I'm very excited for the work that you are doing there and I'm super happy to be a part a uh, part of part of it i must say um yeah my pleasure i am honored um would you read writing waiting doing for us i will so just uh heads up i try to make most of my poems like make sense on a word-to-word basis but this one this is kind of birthed out of well maybe i can just read it first and then i'll explain it okay Writing, waiting, doing. That's the title. Ecstatic, drawn in, and spit out, with the pleasure and pain of reading the New York Times, and knowing we'll never ever write that well. I want what my words can't say. Skies shine, and when the sun's at bay, I'll nigh to night when it's all too day. Flecks of sprightly diamond desire, flay, flay, flay. My purest of prayers against the grain of gray, my heart feels as though it's been doused in May. Feel me the prayer, speak me a passion, and we will see our faces left in the space where we sense an absence. Tell us of empty, and we will overflow. All the wanting left waiting, but communion wine pour. Overflow, overflow. Wow. No, and wow, even <laughs> just <laughs> there's so much going on in that that I don't even I don't even remember writing this to be honest. So it's like I have poems. This like actually that. kind of touches on. <laughs> This kind of touches on a lot of what we're talking about, actually. Yeah, no, it it really it really does, and I think it's interesting because cre- creation is such a balance between like that inspiration that we don't we 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 don't understand, and that it's almost like its own thing, um, mm-hmm. and then intentional labor, right? And then like craft, yeah, and turning it into sure. something. Um, and I feel like poetry is really one of the purest expressions of that because like, it really just starts as that sort of fire in your, in your, in your bones. Right. But then you're also putting, putting it into a form and usually a pretty rigid, rigid one. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh. It's a paradox. Um, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and this one, um, yeah, I do find that like often I, I will write two lines that that's like the pure electric charge. My first two lines are like just yeah, it's completely that fire in the bones, and then the rest of it usually is very trying like intentional in trying to replicate and kind of extend the thought of the first two lines brings out. Um, and so, yeah, for this one, 
it is it isn't very structured like most of my other ones have pretty consistent and basic rhyming scheme and all that stuff but for this one even uh even the lines, I want what my words can't say. Sky shine when the sun's at bay. I'll nine tonight when it's all through day. Flex a sprightly diamond desire. Flay, flay, flay. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no idea what that means. Um, and it was actually, I think this was written in the middle of, like, studying modernist poetry mm -hmm. in my master's last year when they, they would just, like, use a use sound and use a random conjunction of uh, words to like create new um, illusions in your head right. that that you feel but don't necessarily make sense and so uh, just like with the opening line I want what my words can't say I think that kind of shows that I'm I'm gonna I'm about to say something that I I want but I don't really know how to express it so yeah that's it that's my one that's my foray into modernism <laughs> well it's successful and I might add did you not do your master's or part of your master's at Oxford is this true uh I did my under I did part of my undergrad at like an exchange um yeah exchange semester in Oxford where I studied Shakespeare for three months, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, Connor, he is being modest, but Connor is a pretty heavy-hitting intellectual. <laughs> <He's>, um... <laughs> Connor is not messing around. I don't know. <laughs> no, I am. Um... Yep. <laughs> That's funny. It is literally weird hearing you say that, because I, like, I, I'm not even, yeah, I just don't think of myself that way, but it's if true, you say no, so, no, I appreciate no, it. <laughs> you are, and, um, yeah, no, you don't, you don't get hired by the CBC for nothing. Um, what was your master's you. in spe specifically? It it was English literature. Right. Um, I didn't. So it was it was at York, right. and they've cut their program down to a year. And so I actually didn't write a thesis. I just did all coursework. Mm. Um, but it was focused in uh, modernist poetry. So like uh, end of eighteenth. 1800s to mid 1900s modernist poetry. Wow, um, it's so funny. it's so funny. I just <laughs> yeah, you have such a you've got so much more of an academic basis than than I do, or or Dave. But I'm yet like, your writing's better than mine. Well, so <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, um... Honestly, that I you have such a consistency and structure and. Uh, thematic resonance in your poetry that I just I can't do I do it in short spurts but you really um, you make your poems very cohesive so I really appreciate that about yours I would honestly say you're a better writer than me but I appreciate that I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. that I would also point out that you are at least 10 years younger than me which is the other thing about <laughs> okay that's actually no. Should know. no and I've been writing for a long time and I've written a lot of garbage um, okay fair enough. a lot a lot a lot I did, I guess I did forget that I'm a little younger. <laughs> did you know that my wife and I bought a photograph of yours at the Tyndale Spring no Festival way. that you were selling, wow. I believe you were maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, <laughs> and we actually wow. have it on display in our house. No way. It's entitled... Oh my goodness, which photo is it's it? It's entitled The Bug's Jungle. 
And that is a close-up photograph. Oh my goodness! Of of, uh, of uh, grass. Yep, that we bought from you when wow. my wife and I were dating. Actually, we've been married for oh my goodness. ten years this 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 year. But that is our Connor Sweetman ori- original. That is wow. And we love that, that was that must have, like that's amazing. Thank you because that was a that must have been one of my like first ever times doing that and i did it for like four four years or so but yeah that photo was <laughs> very old so thank you for starting up my career oh well thank you for starting out my career which you've essentially done. <laughs> there you go <laughs> well i scratch your back you scratch mine. exactly that's uh that's how it how it works peter Duran and i often say that we're just gonna ride connor sweetman's coat <laughs> coattails oh, straight to the top because Connor Sweetman is going places, <laughs> but you also work incredibly hard. Um, can I ask you what your writing schedule is like? Because you you seem to do nothing but produce stuff, which amazes <laughs> me. Because I will write like one poem like wow. every three weeks or a month, and that's like right. the most prolific yeah. that I've well, ever done. Well, that's a. <laughs> That is a good illusion then that I put on because I like because my hand is in so many different pots all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a consistent writing schedule, but I just do little tasks like every day. So, um, like recently, I I got a CBC Arts feature. Um, about magic and like the apolitical entertainment that a magic show offers, which is really fun to write. Um, so for that, like that took up two weeks or so. Um, and then I might do a week of ecstasis or like when a deadline's coming for Love is Moving, I might focus a week on that. So I would say honestly, there's more uh, gathering stories and editing of other people's work than writing of my own. Um, so if I was to put it in like a percentage, uh, wow, I, I never actually thought about this, so I'm really reaching here. But um, like I would say I, I am editing and communicating with other writers probably like seven, seven out of ten. And then I'm writing my own stuff two out of ten. And then I'm, I don't even know, I'm just... I'm doing design, like graphic design work for my writing, the other one out of 10. So, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really answer your question, but I, it does, it's, it's easy to produce a lot of content. It's easy to produce a lot of content when it doesn't feel like you're putting that much time into anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I put in an hour here, an hour there, but I'm never really sitting down and putting like five hours into something. That doesn't really happen for me. I'm, I, need, I need to hop around to get things done more. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely get get that, um, but yeah, I do a lot of, a lot of <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> no, I find uh, yeah, I find the amount of work which you are obviously doing inspiring because um, I find that I need like ninety percent like dead brain time and then i will produce like one poem um yeah i also find that the more work i'm doing with with my hands the better i'm able to write in my brief moments which i never thought Ah. yeah like when i was 
yeah a younger man i i took like six months and like worked as little as possible and was like i'm just gonna write i'm gonna make it as a as a writer and like i just didn't write at all and i just wasted yeah i wasted my exactly because I mean, there was yeah it, yeah i'm the exact same way and i find that like if I, yeah yeah it sort of works Go in ahead. the background and then it pops out um i don't know if that's how how you are i'm also always yeah, trying no. to find excuses for my laziness um yeah, no, I mean, that's the writer's curse, honestly, like, and I know a lot of people are much, like, I remember David Busatil, like, he, I remember talking to him, and he, um, is just, he made it some mission to, like, I forget how much, but he writes a lot of yes, poetry, yes, and, like, he, he forces himself, mm-hmm. um, and that's very impressive, and, like, that's a work ethic about my writing that I don't have. If I, if I am just focusing on my writing, it, which I never really have done, then, I, I feel underwhelmed by my production, but when it's honestly in like the 20 minute gaps where I'm like, okay, I could write something now or I couldn't. And when I choose or I, yeah, when I choose to take those 10, 15 minutes and start writing, then I get maybe 200, 300 words into something. I'm like, okay, that's enough for now. Yes. And then that, I, I do that enough. And then next thing I know, I have an article, but I, I'm, I don't really sit down and write something straight, finish to finish to end or sorry, beginning to end. Um, which I, I should probably work on that ability better. Huh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, well, I think Peter wants us to keep this to 45 minutes or less, but um, I'm enjoying this immensely, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Same here. Um, I'm just, I am curious about. I have a lot of questions about modern day evangelicalism that I feel like you <laughs> might have some 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 in, some some insights about and this is this is getting off the topic of poetry yeah but um you know what I mean I feel like I feel like the church is at a <laughs> crossroads <laughs> and um yeah I um I feel like all of my friends all of my crit Christian friends that I grew up with, they have, they've all taken either a hard right or a hard left. Um, yeah, and for sure. I, I don't, I don't want to take a hard right or a hard left. I want to be some sort of third way, but I don't know if I'm fooling myself, you know? And, um, totally. I, I feel like you might have some insights about that. What are your thoughts? Connor. <laughs> oh, I, man. This is, a, this is big, yeah. We don't need this to be part of the, uh, the pod, okay. podcast also. I just... Um... Yeah, for sure. I'll see if I can answer in a way that I'm content with being in the podcast, and if not, then we'll cut it. But, um, yeah, so I agree. I, I really am turned off by a lot of hard right, hard left stuff. During my time at Tyndale, I was honestly, uh, yeah, I was kind of stewed in more um, 
conservative thinking and which uh, I value a lot. Yes. Um, and then hop and then going from York and yeah. <laughs> going to, from Tyndale <laughs> to York and CBC. Uh, I definitely that evened me out a little bit, and I think in a healthy way. Um, I think there is, for me personally, there is a difference between uh, taking uh, like legislative and policy oriented stands um, and how you actually treat and act in your day to day life. Um, and so I would, I would say that like I would re- retain pretty conservative bend in a lot of ways well actually like in certain ways i'm very conservative and in certain ways i'm very liberal Mm -hmm. and so i think putting yourself in one camp or the other um it's very important to be like a cohesive human being (laughs) and to like be the same person that's crying out on the street corner or online as you are in your personal life so it's like whether that's um yeah, I don't. I don't even know what I'm saying, but I think I do, that and I we're think all brilliant. more. <laughs> I think we're all more moderate people at heart than we realize. Yes, and so we can't let the public sphere tell us to get insane and like divisive over everything. Yeah. Because at our core, maybe it's just mine and your core. I don't know. Like we we don't actually want to ruin people. Like we don't actually want to hurt people and and uh and yeah just tear the social fabric apart for the sake of quote-unquote truth Mm -hmm. and i still hold to a lot of values that i think uh oh man this is getting too politic (laughs) i know and i know i I, I feel i i feel very very similar in a lot of these topics i just want you to know and i'm also i feel like i can't take a public stand on anything because it will ruin half of the relationships that i have and, yeah, exactly. You know, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I totally. Yeah, and we live I, in a culture where we are like, constantly called upon to take pub- public stands on everything. Like, yeah, and um, and that's yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool just because in my own life over the last say year or so, I am I'm realizing that like humility, like not seeking a platform is actually very important and there's a lot of uh that public uh uh ferocity that is actually just i would say trying to establish a personal platform as being seen as someone who's authoritative or who has like a a a worthwhile opinion it can actually fuel the the outrage culture wanting that platform so i as i like i really appreciate all that you're saying about like me doing a lot of stuff and being really good at stuff and i'm going places but honestly like over the last year i've actually decided like in my own heart that i want to start trying to like go lower (laughs) like like i want to i want to actually do what i'm doing and do it well but not try to seek a platform or not try to be a cultural commentator that has to have a comment for everything um so Henry I think it's just Nowen. important. Like, Henry Nowen's downward way. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's, uh, so. Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, that's I'm what I'd say. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Well, it just it reminds me of that verse that says, and I don't remember exactly where, but like, um, shoot, something like, uh, each man should 
<laughs> busy himself do his own good work and keep quiet or yes. like something yeah, like no, that no, i can't I, actually I know, remember i know the one yeah but more and more i'm just being drawn to like i don't i don't need to be a big public figure i don't need to be a, a big artist that everyone knows i just need to like and that's where Imago, and you mentioned that in the beginning, is actually like a really good antidote for me because John Franklin is like just so humble and he just wants to have dinner parties with a group of people and actually just like share joy and life and art together and not be like when I was talking to him about starting a Twitter page for Imago, mm-hmm. he specifically said to me, Connor, I want you to know, I don't want to build an empire. <laughs> I was wow. like, dang. Like, I don't think I've heard someone literally say i don't want like if you're trying to make this big i don't want it big i was like okay that's a very very good very healthy perspective so that's what i'm trying to integrate that more yeah as i become more and more connected with people i feel more and more compelled to take public stances on things and um mm-hmm. I feel like that is kind of the struggle of our age in a lot of ways. And um, it's like, it's very, yeah. I see, I see a lot of people blowing it on both sides. Um, yeah. And it kind of 100%. seems like the only way to win is not to play, but then also like, yeah, you have to take stands on some things. And then is it just I know cowardice and not wanting to, be confrontational um i know it's tough it really is i would honestly say wrote an article for stasis yes i uh, read it labeled under anonymous called yes. sitting down for your faith i loved it and it is it just blew me away because it's exactly i think it's like it is the antidote for the age it's saying yes take stands take moral conviction seriously but do it in the context of your own community and not like having to force it in the larger world um online which i think is super super beneficial for us to hear i agree and i have read that that art that article and i loved it i found it incredibly incredibly affirming and inspiring yeah um exactly yeah. same here i try to hold to a personal rule where i don't take a public stand on an on an issue unless i can write a poem about it that i'm happy with (laughs) that kind of forces me to like sit down and engage with it on like four different levels um wow interesting yeah but uh i don't i don't write very many also because i'm a i'm a people pleaser and i (laughs) i can't stand for people to be mad at me um yeah which is i know a huge problem of mine um no, I think we're I think we're similar in that like this question gets even harder when like you don't like I I know journalists that just like thrive off the antagonism, yes. but I just don't <laughs> like like I don't want to be caught in a in a firestorm of com- people love fueling that fire and I just don't like the fire. Well, and that's how how it how it works too because that's how you get paid page views right like by feeling controversy i mean it's so and just you'd only have to have have to look at america to see how that with the yeah and it's just but you're you're right like it's it's being torn in half um Uh and um i don't think that's what jesus wants (laughs) i would i would guess probably not that's me taking a firm stand on something connor there you (laughs) go Jesus I like does it. not want. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny because even, and, and we, again, this is a rant, but, uh, but even, oh shoot, what's his name? Shane Claiborne. Yes. Like he, it, in that moment, you sounded to me like Shane Claiborne, but then I'm looking online and he's taking very, like he's kind of fueling some fires now. So it's just he like, is. it's yeah. so hard to. And I have a lot of, so conf- I, 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 um, I really, really love Shane, but I don't know how he does what he, what he does. And I feel like. I don't know. I don't know, and I, I don't I don't know if he's pulling it off. I think he's I think he's following. yeah. I don't know either. I hope he does, and I mean, obviously, uh-huh. we should be praying for him. You know. Um, yeah, for sure. He's certainly. Um, I could use a whole lot more of Shane Claiborne in 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 me. Um, for sure. But I could also use a whole lot more of insert someone else. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> On the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's this conversation could go on. It forever. really could. Like Never-ending vortex. It really could. Um, I think I'm gonna ask you to close with a poem, if I could. All right. Um, yeah. Could you close with? What was the one? I think snowy ride through, through, through the city would be a nice. Coda. All right. Sounds good. This is the epitome of a bus poem. Oh, I love a bus <laughs> okay. Snowy ride through the city. Evening cathedral songs inside the streetcar temple, roofed in rusted metal and framed with shaking structure. Rumbling in city roads and hearing holy vespers, I perceive the voice of God in the Sudan man's heaving whispers. Thank you, Connor. I have enjoyed this immensely, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your insanely busy life. And um, (laughs) I wish you all the best in your new endeavors. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do next. And I hope you take me with you. Absolutely. Um, You're in the next issue of Exasis, so I'm excited for that. All right. And we are. Thanks so much for having me. We are going to link ecstasis in the in the show notes and also love is moving um thank you it is much well, appreciated my pleasure All yeah right. honestly it was a good very good chat thanks so much for having me you're welcome thank you and thank you to everyone who has been listening and uh i look forward to stuttering at you soon um <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> bye bye bye